y'all. This is Keeping It Cute with Brie and Grace. A show where we decide whether your faves and sometimes our faves have been keeping it cute. Hi, friends. Hi. Sing. How are you, Grace? I'm good. I'm just gonna, my voice is extra raspy because I'm recovering from a night out in the town with my coworkers. Um, quickly learning that being in your 20s in the work life in New York just means being stressed and then Thursday night um, getting unnecessarily lit with adults that you didn't think would want to get lit with you because they're your boss. <laughs> That's Welcome to New York City in your 20s. It's the on the company card part for me. Yeah, it's giving it's get slowly realizing that like all those bottles of tequila in everyone's office aren't props. Yeah, and I really, I, I really think I, I thought they were like when I was an intern. I used to look at them and be like, oh, "That's cute that they kind of just like have these." <laughs> They're for use. So that's how I'm doing, but I'm doing good. I oh, really quick. I I have decided to take my sights to the wonderful, the wonderful men over the beautiful men. Because now I've officially had two different crushes on two different W-Y-T. You know what I'm saying? Like what the second? Wait, what? Well, the first one was from Miami. Everyone, I went to Miami. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Miami, it was fun. Um, but the other one, <laughs> I have now found myself again having another crush on a wonderful boy. And so maybe this is my life now. Maybe I'm Serena Williams. I don't know. I haven't. Listen, I get it. I saw, I saw him. Are you talking about the same one? It was our other friend who was like, oh, he's white. Because (laughs) our friend is, our friend likes wiggas. She will only acknowledge a wigger. So she was like, oh, wait. That's just a (laughs) white. What did she say? She goes, he's white, white. And I go, yeah. Yeah. It was just so, it was so funny to me because I knew that was going to be her reaction. I knew she was going to be like. Grace knew how our reaction was going to be. She was going to say it. I was going to ask for a photo and a full mm. name so I could do my FBI research. Mm. And our other friend was going to. <laughs> our other friend was going to be confused because she, she, while me. I will dabble in all types. She's very much, there needs to be an Iga if it's, he's not going to be black. She? Like, you need to give her hood vibes. surprised when they say the N-word. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. She'd be so surprised. She'd be like, when did they get the right? And I'm like, she <laughs> She goes, can you believe? And I went, did you look at the same photo that I did? Yeah, no, she was really like so confused. Anyways, I when I have a crush on people, they don't honestly the thing about me too, Brie knows this, I'm very bougie. So most of the time, if I have a crush on you and you're not black, you you weren't giving you weren't gonna be giving the black vibes anyways. I am, I am, I hate to sound ridiculous, but I was raised in Northern Virginia. If my mom didn't want me to do that, why did she take me there? Hmm. Okay. Why, why did she raise me 20 minutes away from the NFL stadium 
Uh, you know who lives there? Not Wiggas. <laughs> what do you want from me? It's okay. It's honestly okay, Grace. Because yeah. my family stay asking me, like, whenever I bring my boyfriend home, like, they expect him to be, it's fine. How you breathe? How you breathe? I've been, um, in the trenches. <laughs> so many, so many, like, chaotic thing, things happen, actually. Um, for some reason, I can't leave the state of Virginia. I, um, have gone. <laughs> back home two weekends in a row but it's been great like I do want to I'm joking I love going home I love going home I celebrated my baby cousin's first birthday I love um seeing my family that was really good so y'all I don't know if y'all remember a couple episodes ago I was fascinated by a man by a foreign man and um I had to let it go because Grace and I came to the realization he didn't have a personality but it's okay because I be in him. You be what? You it's be what? fine though. It's a, it's fine. Wait, though. wait, wait, wait. You be where's the mic? <laughs> <clears throat> the mic. Hold on, y'all. I, I need you to speak into it. I text in hot boss. Anyway, but yes, I've been. T- <laughs> I text the hot boy. Well, I've been texting hot boy. He's so sweet. I, like I have, I have to remind myself. Like, this is a podcast, so people can't see my face. So let me describe what's happening. Mouth agape, shock in the eyebrow, subtle confusion. All right, so let's go into the things that are cute. <laughs> Simone Biles is I like Simone Biles is the kind of athlete that I feel like we. Like she's the Serena to our generation, specifically to mm-hmm. the Gen Zers. It is so wonderful because it's funny watching ten not tennis, gymnastics try to change the sport because they're like, Well, listen, if we don't, she's never gonna lose. And I'm like, ain't that the whole point of competition that the best one just always wins? Maybe the everybody else should step up. Step up. If you can't compare, don't compete. Sorry. <laughs> compete where you can't compare period period like all y'all acting like that goat that she sold into her thing because she knew seventh her seventh national title as on, only only the u.s gymnast to have that first black woman but also just in general like it's the fact that she has won every year for seven years because honestly so said <laughs> she just like Serena, she plays in championships for fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And my favorite thing is that, did y'all see that trick that she did where she flipped in the air 10 times? Yeah. And they slowed it down. She flipped in the air 10 times. Like. Because like. Why not? Because quite frankly, why not? And that's what that's what I love about goat people. They're just like, I'm literally the best. So y'all just need to have to y'all just gonna have to match up to where I'm at. Y'all can, and gymnastics is freaking out because they're like either everybody has to become the greatest athlete ever, which they can't do because these people are clearly mediocre in comparison, 
or we change the sport. And if they do change any of these rules to make it easier on everyone else, I'm an electric chair. That's what I'll say about that. Simona's the GOAT. Also, she always have a, she always has a fine-ass man on her shoulder. No, I think we also need to talk about that because the men don't Have know who they are, don't care who they are. Never cared. It's giving Corbin Blues tethered. However, they are always fine. Always fine. They are and always fine. I love seeing beautiful black athletes like Simone and Serena who have athletic bodies because historically darker skinned black women with athletic bodies are constantly like take their they they get so masculinized to the point mm-hmm. where their femininity gets taken away from them and they often have to deal with comments about their body as if like they're more masculine than anything else because they're dark skinned ath- athletes so i love seeing her love down by fine ass men I say it again and love yeah. down publicly and loudly Publicly and loudly. I love it. I really do. I love seeing black female athletes getting love down. Because what we need to talk about is how every time we see Serena and Alexis, black men come in the comments and they're like, why is he always all up on da 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 Why y'all be cheering this on? First of all, Y'all that be calling her a race traitor, I'm really confused because I remember her with Drake in common. And y'all weren't checking for her then. Now all of a sudden she gets loved loudly. It's a problem. Y'all have an issue. You see, I don't see those comments in the comment section of Simone because obviously I'm older and I know better than to look. Mm-hmm. now. <clears throat> I also think that like they know better than to say something because they know that this generation of black women will be like, why don't you mind your business? Yep. Mind your business. I mean, I've seen a few, but never because I want to. I, honestly, the comments I saw was back when I was still working at BET um, and it was part of my job to go through the shade room comments. I'm sorry. Part of my job was to go through the shade room comments and screenshot and send the least egregious ones to BT. Anyway, on to BTS. <laughs> BTS, they came back. Wow, I like I at this point they, they I'm gonna need to dedicate uh, a segment of this every episode to them because every time we do an episode, they come back with something better. They came back with butter. I love Butter. Literally, the moment that music, the song started playing, I was like, all right, this is the one. Y'all put your foot in this one. Like, they said, y'all, they said Dynamite wasn't good for you, good enough for you, bitches. Heard. Like, Butter is so good. The music video is so good. Third week at the number one spot in the Hot 100. All the other fandoms go cry to your fave. Don't care. Like, BTS is another one where Spotify... The CEO did admit to the fact that there was conversations about changing the rules because otherwise BTS would always be number one. And I was like, I don't see, I don't see why they need to do that. I don't see what they need to do that as well. There's like, I'm like, do we know that happens? 
sometimes an artist will sit on number one for a year. Old Town Road sat on number one for a year. I was about to say, also, it's a lot more common. It happened a lot more in like the 90s than we realize. Yeah. Mariah, does nobody remember once? Once a day? Yeah. Also, a lot of songs that I feel like people don't recognize were on there for a long time. Because like, first of all, we won't get into payola and how like we won't talk about that but i think that like people need to acknowledge that like there's nothing wrong with a song by first of all i think the problem is that like and you probably can agree grace i think the problem is that y'all don't like that it's sitting for so long by non-american artists i think that also the problem is that they're non-white artists and i think thirdly you're so used to the same people being number one that when it's different people, you have an issue. Like, I don't, I feel like y'all need to remember that a new generation of people are coming. Like, granted, I've been feeling kind of old when I hear about people talking about Olivia Rodrigo because I don't really know too much about her. But I'm not sitting here saying we shouldn't stream. So did I send you that text about Drake and Olivia? So Drake what? Drake Olivia, you don't have to put this in there because I'm I don't know if I'm remembering it fully, but Olivia knocked Drake off the most listened to or like some chart, and Drake fans were like, "Can you believe like who even is this girl?" It's like no shade, but like Drake just bought a hundred million dollar house. I don't think he's pressed. He doesn't care. You need to make room for new artists, and I'm yeah. not just crediting bts i'm just saying that in order for them to reach the success i personally think in america y'all need to allow space for them yeah they don't and i just don't think people will allow i keep thinking about that grammys award show with old town road and they had like a slither of a (laughs) i just and i get it like you're trying to usher in new artists and that wasn't their spot but i think like to not acknowledge them anymore in those conversations is disrespectful. Yeah, that's exactly. And it's like, at this point, like they're so well-respected amongst musicians Mm -hmm. and a lot, and especially like, especially singer songwriters because musicians can recognize musicians, you know? And like so many people they've collabed with, they have gone on individually to go work on those people's albums. Like Halsey specifically was like after doing a song with them was like, I want Sugar on my album. Like I want him to write for my album. Like they're so respected musically. It's just like people really don't want to see non-American artists succeed in America. And BTS is the first time that's been like in your face because like so many, like nobody wants to acknowledge how famous they are, but they are actually the most famous artists in the world right now purely because they're globally famous like i think we associate fame with who's the number one in america yeah we forget that like there's a hundred and over nearly 200 countries so it's like they're glow they're huge they're huge in a way that some american faves will never understand yeah that they'll never be they'll never be they're globally they're global juggernauts to the point where like like seven Korean dudes can be in Switzerland and will be recognized 
Like they're huge. And like, it just does not want to acknowledge that people, people still want to think BTS is niche and it's getting embarrassing. Cause it's like, then like Spotify, when Spotify says like, yeah, like, you know, we're examining changing rules. Like then the fans are like, why would you do that? But to other people, they're like, well, they're niche and their music shouldn't be forced down everyone's throat. And it's like, they're not niche. They're huge. China has a billion people alone, y'all. So does like India nearly does too. Like the world is bigger than the United States. Also, not y'all following a pop artist niche. What is niche about pop music? <laughs> what is niche about pop music? Well, that's what they're that's what they're saying. It's like the people who are like Ariana's sound is so unique because it's is like it's pop infused R and B. Have you heard In Sync? Have you heard? Um, Gosh, the name is escaping me. But either way, a lot of the pop artists that y'all used to love in the nineties, not even gonna say, not even gonna say white artists. Like if y'all look at old videos of Disney, what Disney used to be, they used to sing "Cry for You." They used to, and these were white (laughs) actors, singers. But that's back when you had to be triple threats. Yeah. And like, it actually means something. Yeah. And that's not me trying to disrespect the artists that are out there now. I just think that being a triple threat meant something differently back then. Yeah. And I think, I think it does freak out. Like we're still kind of in that wave of like people want indie, like unpolished artists and BTS is bringing back the artists that rehearse. I, I, and I love that. I really like that we're doing away with the obnoxiously relatable celebrity. I think in order for celebrities to be popular, people like them in some way that's relatable, whether it be like you're seeing the first black woman in a TV show or you see someone dealing with like a type of anxiety that like you've never seen before. But I like that we're <laughs> going more towards people who actually rehearse, you can see they care about their art and they're not doing things for followers. I will say I'm very intrigued to see what this generation of like TikTokers who we only know them for like, for not to be disrespectful, but like for stealing content from black creators. I'm very curious to see what impact they'll have on the industry 10 years from now, because I, for the longest time was like, there's no way they're going to last. And I think that's just, I think they will. I think they will last. I just would love to see where in the industry they'll land. I think they will last in the same way that people thought YouTubers wouldn't last. And the YouTubers and then people realized that YouTube was going to be used as like a doorway to whatever that person actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing, that's how, that's how these influencers last. Yeah. They don't actually want to be influencers till they're 55 and the ones who do don't last because that's not realistic, mm-hmm. but they use that money to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But I think they need, there's still at the core of it needs to be some sort of talent, whether they begin seeing acting coaches, singing coaches, dancing coaches, etc. But I'm just very curious because I think a lot of them keep putting their foot in their mouths when I just think that we've evolved past that. Yeah. I also think the platform is going to start changing as more actually talented people start taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. 
because right now it was just like the untalented and then like the witty comp smart people mm-hmm. so i think the more as more talented people start taking advantage of that as best as they can i think you are going to start seeing it speaking of modern day influencers i carly's back and i'm yes. gonna probably watch the episodes later on today because i have a paramount plus login brie shout out to viacom cbs bro <laughs> lit, 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 lit. we picked the right we picked the right spot brie <laughs> oh that please um carly is cursing yeah and everyone's so excited and it honestly made me really excited to watch it yeah so, i am happy that jeanette mccurdy said she like is doing what's best for her not joining the show but i'm sad that we didn't get to see sam with a potty mouth yeah like she would have been reckless she was smacking people over the head with chicken as like a would have butter the butter sock bro the butter, butter sock. sock i would have done anything to see sam curse somebody out yeah same no yeah it is kind of a bummer but knowing her story and then knowing the way like it really fucked up with her to be a child actress i i 100 percent support her being like i want nothing to do with this mm. but um and she has uh, she had some terrible experience with dan schneider so um but you know we can support her listen to her podcast and we wouldn't be the keeping it cute podcast without mentioning somebody's baby i love a baby Who's not mine? If there's one thing Grace and I are going to do, we're going to be fun aunties. Yeah. Who <laughs> bring up babies. That are mine. <laughs> the Little Mix, Little Mix, brought, <laughs> announced that two of them were pregnant. And the way they did it is like, bro, like I'm a really closeted Little Mix stand. And I only say closeted because... I not that I don't rep my girls. It's just that like they've had so much issues with their labels. So it's like a Normani situation where they I oftentimes I don't get all the things to rep, like the fact that Lil Mix has never had a concert in America, like those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being a closet stand because there's not much for me to say. Yeah. But when Leanne announced she was having this baby, Leanne who got engaged over the summer when she announced she was having this baby, like I followed their like they're, I've been following all their relationships literally since they were on X Factor. Like, I love these women. And so I happy cried. I was so excited. I texted my sister. I was like, Leanne's having a baby. Like, I was really emotional. And then a week and a half later, they dropped that Perry was having a baby as yeah. well. And I, but whoa, <laughs> like, I really, like, I really was like, that, that really, like, I happened at work and I could not, like, I could not function for a good five minutes i was like you've got to be kidding me perry time perry edwards is having a baby especially because perry i felt bad for her us one direction stands really put her through it because there was always reports that zane was like being a little cheater and i remember there was one time the hallway video there was so many i remember one time the girl posted a photo of the back of his head from bed and everybody was like, that's not even saying you just taking any head. And I remember I was a part of those people who were like, nah, son, like Zane would never, he loves Perry. Y'all need a blah, 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 blah. And then he broke up with her over text after four years. And I mean, she got him back with shout out to my ex. So shout out to my ex is a chef's kiss song. Yeah. And she did not hold back in her verse. She, she said, y'all don't even have to Google who my man is. 
because I'm going to let you know who that man, who I'm talking about. Like that's, that's the first time I've ever heard an ex song where she was so specific about who the fuck she was talking about. Because he, he publicly disrespected her again and again. And again and again, and then broke up with her over text and then pulled up with a, with like a lookalike. I hope, like three weeks later. I hope Chloe does something like that. I hate, I... <laughs> she won't. Is it bad that I want her to be happy? <laughs> like, Chloe? Oh, we'll get to it. I right. I do want her to be happy because she was my favorite sister. But she's going out. She's going down. I just I just feel down bad for this I man. Feels I I'm not even gonna say that I hate that I feel bad for her. I just feel so bad for her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like because she went for so long being okay. We're gonna talk about that later. Sorry. No. <laughs> but the babies were very. I'm very excited to see them both so happy in love with men. Because also Leanne was in a relationship that she just that I followed with this other um, football player for the longest time, and she described that relationship as being like you know unhealthy and toxic. And this both of their men love. Them. They should. They're loved out loud so hard. It is. It's just so beautiful to see, and and they're both dating footballers. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like they were the ones who convinced me. I was like, maybe the move is to go to the UK and get a footballer. Well, maybe I'll have them come to you. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind. Maybe I'll ask her. Ooh, because I'm like I wouldn't mind leaving the country for a footballer, and they get money. Money, 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 money. Anywho, speaking of money, Doja Cat has dropped yes. another song. Need to know that song is first of all the song. I was late listening and watching the video because that's what my life has been like. But the song is so good. I don't like that it's produced by Dr. Luke. I was shocked to see him in the producer credits. I was like, what? And then I didn't. I also learned that he helped discover. Doja Cat, which I didn't know. So, or helped her get signed, not discover. But I did not know that. And I also, we don't have to get into that. But I was shocked to see him on the producer credits. Um, but the song is so good. And above all else, the video is so good. I love it so much. It reminds me of TLC. It reminds me of Janet Jackson. It, it's so good. And I... You know what I always say: the B better be for budget. Okay, she's so creative in her music. She's so, and you can tell that she draws inspiration from everywhere. Um, I'm not as familiar with like um, a lot of artists outside of the Black community if it's not like uh, major pop artists, but I love she did a video with mtv news where she talks about like where a lot of her inspiration comes from and one of them is buster rhymes and missy elliott or two of them are buster rhymes and missy elliott and you can tell buster rhymes videos were so good and intricate they were so fun and i just feel like a i love a video with a storyline right and if you're not gonna give me that have fun with it i don't if it's a ballad then yeah you could do a cute little video of you just sing into a mic but I just feel like and I understand that a lot of videos don't have budgets like they used to but I just feel like with CGI and the creativity like you could do so much and I think that calls for working with new videographers I think y'all can notice the theme that I have here is that I think just in the industry people need to start making space for new voices and new ideas 
I just, I love that Megan, that, not Megan video, that Doja video so much because it was just so much fun. She looked like she was having a good time. I didn't expect Grimes to be in it. Um, I didn't expect Ryan Destiny to be in it. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to see, happy to see. Every time I see Grimes, I think of Elon Musk. I mean, you have to. It's just because I, and I'm sorry to the Grimes fans that listen to this. I just don't listen to Grimes, but I, I don't know. The video was so much fun. I cannot wait for, I hope she does a video for the majority of the songs on the album. If it were up to me, she'd do a visual uh, album, but I'm not on her team, obviously, but so good. And that's my rant about how much I'm loving Doja Cat right now. I think that the most like my favorite thing about Doja Cat is like her actual versatility vocally and just mm-hmm. like her flow. She actually does switch up her flow. She does. And I, and I love when she switched, like, because she's the singer and her rapper for her own self. Mm-hmm. So she, it's sometimes be feeling like a Doja Cat song featuring Doja Cat. It's because, so she, dope. because she's so versatile when she does. Yeah. And then switches into, her rap persona, mm-hmm. like versus her vocal persona. Wow, she's amazing. I love her. She gives me. She reminds me of like when we you see it. So I, we still get excited for Nikki, but I feel like it's like like back in 2011 when like we really were like, oh my god, have you heard your love? Or I guess that was 2009. But still, like I just get that feeling whenever when I in like 2011 I was excited for a new Nicki Minaj song. That's how I feel with Doja Cat. Like I get so excited, and the best verse on that song is "I heard from a friend of a friend that dick is a ten out of ten. So just putting that out there, (laughs) you can go. (laughs) Uh, Keeping up reverses. Meg dropped thought shit. I think. I mean, as a movie person, immediately all the movie references I caught, basically all of them. As soon as I saw them, I was like, okay got it the song like it's one of those songs where i'm like drunk at a party late at a party i'm gonna i'm vibing will i be vibing thought shit like on the way to work probably not but i don't think that's what the song is for so i've accepted that megan specifically makes music for outdoor parties yeah outdoor black parties in like the hood and i love it i love that and i love that she was just kind of like uh, this is what I do. I hate the discourse of like Megan needs to rap about something else. If you, yeah. want to do rap, you want her to rap about politics? I just I don't. She doesn't have to if she doesn't want to. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'm like, do y'all remember Lil Kim? What Lil Kim was rapping about? Do do what? Like y'all like. Do y'all remember what Trina was rapping about? Like, I'm, I get so confused when people have these arguments. I'm like, there are so many rappers who are rapping about other shit. Like, you can listen to more than one female rapper at the same time. You know, you can listen to Chica and No Name and then come back and listen to Flo Millie yeah. and the same girls and Megan. And y'all conscious rappers, they really do be minding their... <laughs> And also, like, the conscious rappers, speaking of them, y'all always bullying them anyways. Yeah. Like, literally, all the conscious rappers, all y'all do is, especially the female ones, all y'all do is bully them anyways. So what do y'all want? Like, I know I bully J. Cole just because he said he didn't read. Like, I, yeah. like, <laughs> I just, y'all, 
can we be happy about something? Yeah. We just gotta, not even got, we're in the, we're in a pandemic. Right. Like Megan, hot girl summer. She literally coined that phrase for a reason. Mm-hmm. Her music is for women who want to shake ass with their friends in Dubai on a yacht. Yeah. In a song. In a song. That's who Megan makes music for. Yeah. If you can't get behind that, don't listen to it. She also makes it for the girls that go on their hot girl walks. Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't think while you're trying to envision your future, you don't want to, like, sometimes you just want to shake your Speaking of hot girl shit, Trinidad James is really adorable on TikTok with his little curl, with his hair appointments. I didn't know he had all that hair. (laughs) I did. I, uh, I feel like I always notice like the random stuff about artists, but Mm -hmm. I (laughs) love Trinidad James's TikTok account. It's just him getting his hair washed and then doing the cutest styles to his hairs. He always tags the um, artists, the hairstylists. Um, they're usually black women. And it's just really cool. I I love it. I love to see him get his um, curl with the bang. I love to see his braids. I love to see his so pressed. He just, I don't know. It's just fun. He's just fun. And it's he, it's really wholesome. Yeah, it's super wholesome. When he goes in, he does his little transitions where he gets his hair washed, then he gets blown out, and then he shows y'all what products he's using. It was just a pleasant surprise because the last time I heard from Trinidad James, it was the All Go Everything remix. Wow. And I think maybe like one other song. But yeah, just wanted to shout him out. Um, go stream Trinidad James. I don't even know what that would look like, but yes. <laughs> Literally, I thought about it. I was like, I don't think I know any song of him, but I know his name, mm-hmm. which is always interesting how black celebrities, that's how celebrities work in the black community. Like even if like Ace Hood, I don't know an Ace Hood song, oh, but I know Ace Hood and what his family looked like. <laughs> I also noticed this. I noticed that we naturally will support each other just because. And I yeah. don't think... Not to be rude. I don't think white people do that. No. Like, it's, I, it's like this person, okay, good for them. But with us, we're like, okay, I see that face. So I feel like I'm going to go support them. And it's yeah. not until they do something bad that we stop. We turn, yeah. And I think that's so cool. And I, I kind of, <laughs> you, I feel like, obviously we all have different reasons for like loving being black, but I love that like we unapologetically support each other. Sometimes that's obviously not for the best, but I respect that a lot. And I, and I love that that's part of our DNA. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, So check out Trinidad James. Yeah. And Um, speaking of how cute things, fashion. Fashion is back. And I told Grace this, I can't remember if it was on the pod or when we were talking, I was like, maximalism and colors and everybody wanting to like have fun is gonna come back and it's coming we were were talking about it the day we did our black is king episode there you go it's coming back and i'm so excited um i wanted to start with christopher rogers collection at target that some girlies um on tiktok were making fun of but it was like it's because you don't understand art not to be rude but First of all, I just don't think that you should come. It should be coming for something that you don't understand. Yeah. Second of all, the fact that he was able to be a black 
designer and be put in a retailer like Target for other yeah. black people to go purchase. Like y'all underestimate the the black dollar, first of all. Second of yeah. all, it wasn't just black people buying it. Third of all, it was nice to see something like that at my local Target that's like in the middle of nowhere. So that was really dope. Oh, and it's and the thing I, about the collection, it's one of those things. If you are, if you can rock it, you can rock it. Mm-hmm. If you can't rock it, that's more of a, like you. Ha- you have to be a certain type of person to be able to rock it. And a lot of y'all just not confident enough in yourself because clothes like this, like you, you people forget you have to bring a confidence and life to clothes. Yeah, and like some of y'all are giving boring. Mm-hmm. So when you see clothes like this, you're like, Ugh, like, what is that? When I'm like, actually, it's really I was firing that. It's, it's fun. so fun. And also, yeah. if you don't like it, you don't have to wear it. At all. You don't have to wear like... I saw a TikTok of this one girl going through the outfits and I was like, wait, she looks so good. Which is so interesting because the first thing I did hear about it was people dragging it. And then I saw that TikTok and I was like, wait, maybe y'all just don't know how to. To wear, like, I don't know. I also feel like there are so many other things in fashion that you could pick out right now. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to be the one. Either way, um, oh, and I'm forgetting the um, collection that I wanted to reference. But Ariana Grande wore this super cute all yellow outfit on James Corden um, and it was so good let me bring up her stylist really quick Mimi Gattrell what was she wearing she was wearing yeah. Versace and it was so good it's an all yellow outfit I saw it when they first put it on the runway and I was like oh that's kind of cute that's like a cute all yellow outfit but then to see it in person yeah to see it on brought to life by the artists and um on uh, the late night it was so cute I just love that color is coming back like I'm so um tired of like the neutrals and like it yeah. I get if that's you if you want to wear like your neutral colors your beiges and your browns listen power to you but it's just so nice to see people have fun with yeah. fashion and I'm and I personally I'm very much somebody in terms of my closet I like to like I'm classic in the sense in the summer, I want my bright colors in the fall. Mm -hmm. I want my earth tones in the winter. I want my cool tones. And in the spring, I want my pastels, like call me basic. That's how I like it. And so like all seeing all these bright colored lines, I'm like, yes, this is perfect timing because my closet right now is very springtime pastel and I need my summer colors. Like I'm like, y'all are just, y'all not willing to have, fun with clothes and after the year we've had like I like seeing bright colored collections we've had a really long hard year like I'm, I'm so excited as you can see Grace I'm like emptying out my closet because I'm so excited it's gonna be great yeah. um also I like that we're seeing it on award shows too Dua Lipa she was at the I think the past VMAs she wore this like um what are what's her name I should have wrote this down. What's her Amy Winehouse? Look, mm. it's with the big hair and the yellow dress and it was polka dots with the tights. It was so good. So I I'm so excited that. that people are having fun with fashion again. I even noticed Hailey Bieber, who like her style is pretty cool girl trendy. Even she's experimenting with different colors and stuff like that. So y'all, if you're if you see something and it's full of color and you're thinking like 
this this beige rage is too much for me, then I hope that you try out some new colors. Even Kim K is trying out colors with the the queen of beige. Kim K is trying out lime greens. And I just hope we all have fun this summer because we've been cooped up. We've been cooped up. And, you know, they was they was roasting that lime green outfit because of where it started on Twitter. But I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, I like it. (laughs) So that's just that's just me. But I think we've run out of um, quality things to talk about. Let's talk about trash. Hop on the train, leave town, head into the boondocks with the swamps and the problematics. What, what's our first stop, conductor? It's kind of cute um, <laughs> because it was handled cute. Yeah. They, it was handled cute. It was handled cute because it was handled by someone who was mature and who mm-hmm. had money. Mm-hmm. And who has the guts to say, "Yeah, I don't need to do this. Y'all just charge me the fifteen thousand dollars. I got it." Mm-hmm. Kind of love that that came from a black girl. Anyway, Naomi Osaka, sweet sweet girl, who is the most—I think she's the highest. She's currently the highest-paid athlete and the most marketable athlete. Yeah, and it's because she does stuff like this. She decided not to do press this time around for the French Open because she said that it severely affects her mental health. And honestly, if you're someone who watches the press junkets um, that the athletes do, a lot of the times they ask them really silly questions. They ask them questions that aren't relevant to the game. I also would take it a step further to say, and maybe this is because I don't watch sports, I don't think there needs to be press conference for athletes about the game that they just played. I feel like if they want to talk about the game beforehand, maybe like they do in boxing, I just have never seen the point of them doing it afterwards because they're obviously tired. I don't think they're at their best mentally, especially if they just lost a game. Yeah, well, it's about the media likes to exploit those who are in pain. The Very rarely do the press interviews from the people who win or those aren't the ones that blow up though mm-hmm. it's the it's people want to have the cameras on the loser and that's why it's it's like exploited exploitative and it's really like really fucked up because imagine you at your lowest point and now 50 cameras here and they're asking you to dissect why you just failed when you already are tearing yourself up because you just failed like people don't think of press that way and and because they don't think of press that way when she says things like it's really damaging to our mental health they're like what are you talking about like, you're just answering a few questions and going imagine the lowest point of your uh, your life at that moment like athletes do people think athletes don't want to win like you have built your whole life around winning yeah and nobody is a harder critic on a competitor than the competitor themselves mm-hmm. and so then to have to sit through that she even said in her statement later on, she was like, her mental health took a, started taking a severe dive two years ago. And somebody was like, do y'all remember what happened two years ago? She beat her idol. Mm-hmm. And what, what did she have to do? She had to sit through press after press. She's sobbing because everyone's making her feel bad for beating Serena. She has to deal with racist ads that had her cartoons. Yeah. Had Serena as a monkey and her as a white woman. Yeah. A I remember that. I did a college report on that. I did an essay on that. I'm so happy that she was in a position to 
decide that she did not want to do press. And then because of how much press that got, she decided to bow out of the, um, to withdraw from the French Open, which granted, she decided to withdraw because they threatened her. They were like, she paid her 15,000. Then they said, if you don't start doing press, you will be expelled from the tournament. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't see that. No, the French Open, they were bitches. Yeah, they. She was like, I don't want to do press. Just charge me the fee. It's fine. Yeah. I'll keep fifteen k. I don't give a fuck. And then they were like, that's when they freaked out, and they were like, okay, well, um, you if you if you continue to do this, they sent her a letter. You're risking. There will have to be an evaluation, and you're risking being expelled from the tournament. And so then she was like, oh, y'all are threatening me now. Bet. And that's when she pulled out, and she was like, I will not be threatened. Y'all not going to do that. I'm going to, and she said that she's going to be taking some time to focus on herself. And the same with Wimbledon. She pulled out of Wimbledon. She's still going to represent Japan in the Tokyo Olympics, but she pulled out of Wimbledon. And I also love that she's representing Japan in the Tokyo Olympics because screw you, America. <laughs> like, I love that. I love that because people with dual citizenship can choose which one they rep. And I always love when they never choose America. <laughs> It's so funny to me. It's so it's so good. It's so good. Because <laughs> if I could have gone over United States, I would too. So like that. Nah. Hopefully this sets a precedent for athletes in the future. Yeah. The Calm app said they're... Hold up. That's why I got on my phone. The Calm app says it'll pay fines for tennis players who skip the Grand Slam press. So starting, yeah. I wonder what it'll look like. I would love to see how that bleeds into other sports. Yeah. And also because historically Serena Williams's press um interviews as well as Naomi Osaka's have been more the interview questions have been more aggressive and more personal and unnecessary mm-hmm. because they're the few black women same with Venus. So I'm I I love that she's like opening this conversation especially about how y'all treat black women in this sport. So proud of her but it was not cute how they treated her. Speaking of not cute, Brie, tell us about this Made in America concert that your, your daddy's headlighting. <laughs> Leave me alone. So they announced, <laughs> you didn't know, um, Jay-Z slash title, even though he sold it, um, puts on this. Well, yeah, to a white man. People were really pissed about it. Um, I think it was um, the guy, Jack from Twitter. I could be wrong. But <laughs> It's a jack I'm door. wrong. Fact check me, but I'm like 99% positive that's what happened. <laughs> oh, Lord. He said, I'm a business, man. He said, I'm a business. Listen, y'all, y'all don't pay attention when these rappers say things. Y'all need to start paying attention. They're not your friends. Anywho. Are you sure? Everybody wants to go to brunch with him. Um, Made in America concert was introduced. If you're not familiar with Made in America, um, you should Google um, Made in America concert normani there you go that's a introduction yeah. to it anyway they announce the the lineup and in big <laughs> notice so far i've only mentioned black artists in big letters it says that justin bieber is headlining it now mind y'all i'm a believer so i don't have an issue with it but I get why people are upset because, because under it you have um 
you have little baby. You have Meg the Stallion. You have you have Doja Cat. You have somebody went Justin Bieber being the marquee headliner feels anti-black. He wasn't even made in America. <laughs> Canadian. Have, let me sit. Let me let me go over the lineup. Hello. In big letters, it's Justin Bieber and Lil Baby. Which I don't. <laughs> I was telling my friend Ollie, he's gonna perform anyone, and then Lil Baby's gonna perform. <laughs> what is Justin gonna perform? Because headliner, that's thirty. That's thirty plus minutes. And then you have Doja Cat, Meg Thee Stallion, Roddy Rich, Bobby Smurda, Baby Keem, Lil Durk, ASAP Rocky, Moneybag Yo, Freddie Gibbs. Oh, ASAP Ferg. ASAP Rocky ain't gonna be there. Tinashe, Moray, 42 Doug, and ESCG. Y'all will support Kentucky rapper ESCG. Um, either way... When I first saw the um, lineup, I was like, oh, look at Justin in his little concert, uh, in his little um, festival lineup. I didn't know he still did festivals. But I was shocked because I just, maybe it's just me. Or no, I know it's not just me. Everybody was saying that it's crazy that you have all these Black artists and you have him at the top, especially... After he did his Justice album with the Martin Luther King um, sound bites. Granted, y'all know a couple weeks back I was joking around about how <laughs> Martin Luther King's daughter is a believer, but obviously I was joking. I thought that was so funny. Um, I tell y'all time and time again, I know people are capping about liking Justin because. He got millions of <laughs> listeners each month on Spotify. And I strongly believe that Beyonce is a believer. She, y'all, <laughs> y'all love to repost her happy birthdays for <laughs> all of these different artists. But Justin has been getting a happy birthday from Beyonce since she started doing it on Facebook. So <laughs> I hate to break it to y'all, but Beyonce is a believer. You not you bringing all this controversy to the show. <laughs> you just brought so much controversy. I'm gonna make that the sound bite. I'm gonna make that the sound bite of you saying Beyonce is a believer. Hashtag believer. She that is. She is. Beyonce is a believer. Are you standing in it because it's going on? The, it's going on the page. I'm standing in it. Beyonce was standing in it. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so if he's a headliner, does this mean we're getting um, justice? Him and Lil Baby, I'm like... Oh, no, are we get, so we're getting live justice? We'll is probably he, get live justice because he did a live concert in Paris for it. Okay, so, so does he play the Martin Luther King clips at the concert? <laughs> no, but I, all jokes aside, listening to Justice, I just don't understand how that's going to fit at a rap concert. Um, and I'm calling it a rap concert because all of the artists on there are rappers, um, except for Tinashe. I just was, a, I thought it would make more sense that Lil Baby headlined it by himself. He's headlining it with Justin. Um, I just was really <laughs> thrown off because as someone who's a fan, I know what his recent music sounds like. 
And I just didn't think it fit with the recent music of all the other artists. Like the whole point of them performing is promoting their new music and like their hits. And none of them go along with his new music or his hits. Um, but I know it'll be fun regardless. Y'all know, what did they, <laughs> Let me, I'm not going to say that, but um, I think it'll be fun regardless. And I'm excited to see um, what that concert looks like from YouTube because I will not be following. Um, no, that's not Jade. I just. No, I know. <laughs> Speaking of music and people being mad, um, I don't know how this. Do you know how cater to you? Got how everyone decided that we can't listen to that song no more. I um do not know how it got started. They oh. calling it a slave song, Bree. Okay, so <laughs> when you look at the lyrics of cater to you, I think we've always been a little bit like what the hell but because it's such like a sexy song and how they perform it they like this is back when people used to take people i don't know if they still do this but it was really common with r&b um specifically black r&b artists in like the early 2000s and the 90s they take people on stage and they like give them lap dances so i think not only was catered to you just like a very popular song i think people also liked the fact that they took people on stage and um, grinded on them, gave them a lap dance. I think that had more to do with the success of Cater to You. But when you look at the lyrics of Cater to You, um, I have always said that there's not a man alive that deserves, or I have not met a man that deserves what <laughs> the lyrics Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle are singing. Um, give so we can start with um, my personal favorite my life would be purposeless without you see the lyric okay so like I'm because I'm team catered to you I've always been team catered to you I always say how my mom was more focused on raising wives than raising children Mm -hmm. which is whatever uh, but also as a, like a captain of the anti-men haters, like I'm very much like hate men. And then when I'm like in love, I'm like, let me cater to right? you. Like, I get it. Y'all, I was going to change my religion. I get it. I'm going to read y'all some of the lyrics. My life would be purposeless without you. What you eat, what you want to eat, boo. Let me feed you. Let me run your bath water whatever you desire, I supply you. I'll supply you. I'm sorry. Okay, let me let me restart that. We're going to do my personal favorite lyrics and one that our friend Talia mentioned. Um, my life would be purposeless without you. <laughs> I put my life in your hands. It just, I get it. Like, I get that you were saying this from a place of love and I'm sure... On my honeymoon, I'll be like, what you want to eat, boo? Let me feed you. Like, I get it. It's just hearing it. (laughs) I know whatever I'm not fulfilling, no other woman is willing. It's just, honestly, when you look at the lyrics, I get (laughs) why the Gen Z white kids don't like it. It's just so funny because I've never thought to really look at the lyrics and be like, this isn't, (laughs) like, I get it. It's just so funny that all these years later, people have an issue with it. 
Yeah. And I mean, also, I think nowadays the way Twitter works, it's it's oftentimes like one person will tweet something and then everybody else will just jump to make a discourse out of it. Because even just going through the thread, somebody was like, they're like, that whole album was a narrative and cater to you is an infatuation stage. Mm-hmm. And if you keep listening to the album, the men, the men don't appreciate it. And then you keep it pushing. Like, yeah, Destiny Fulfilled was a phenomenal album. Actually. Yeah, that album is, it's Beyonce been doing narrative albums for a long time, y'all. Yeah. Like Lemonade was not the first of that. And so it's just kind of, it's one of those things where it's like context matters. And honestly, the same way that I don't in depth break down lyrics to rap songs because they're all misogynistic. Mm-hmm. I don't break down, I don't end up break down lyrics to songs like Cater to You. Yo. Because it's like, that's like R&B classic, harmonies classic, performance classic. And when you are really infatuated with somebody, both side, man or woman, because men very much will cater to you if they're yeah. like, if they want to, they will. They really will. When you're in the infatuation stage, cater to you is relevant. Mm-hmm. Y'all, the problem is y'all think Beyonce was talking about your deadbeats. Yeah. And that's honestly, true. honestly, that's something else to talk about because I think the problem is, is like people always joke, like you shouldn't do wife stuff for boy, for someone who's not your husband. And I get it. Like yeah. you shouldn't be doing that. And I get that's very heteronormative, but like y'all, <laughs> I think also maybe think about like how the man you're with treats you. Yeah. And then think about it. Like you're more willing. This is not even me being disrespectful. You're more willing to do for someone who treats you phenomenally. So if you're in the infatuation stage and you're being loved bomb left and right, and this man is buying you this and buying you that and making you feel like the queen you are, in the honeymoon stages of a relationship, you're going to be like, oh my God, let me feed you. Oh my God, let me run your bath water. Oh my gosh, let me give you a foot massage. Like, yeah. And and also, they doing it back. Have you seen that one TikTok? You watch TikTok. So you know that one rich couple, the really rich guy, and his wife um, is a stay-at-home mom. Oh, I follow a lot of them like that. I think that's so cute. Yeah. And like, he always refers to her as like, he's always like, she works in the house because she takes care of the house. And like, he considers that work. Like, that's like, that's what I mean. Like, that's the kind of relationship that like catered to you is like, yeah, because she, you know, does all the cater to you lyrics, but he loves her down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like she never has to really lift a finger. Yeah, And that is like, y'all like, y'all are out here trying like writing paragraph thing pieces on Instagram talking about how you're never going to leave this man who's been cheating on you every single day. And then, and then also catering to you. So yeah, in that case, maybe let's stop that. But I want to get into a song that I, because I started, um, I got a little nostalgic and I was listening to some like songs that I used to bump a lot when I was younger. Um, and it led me to this one song that I hadn't heard in so long. Um, do you know who the game is? Yeah. Yeah. So he has a song called Wouldn't Go Far. And I think that do you know that song? No. Um then I'll I didn't think we'd have time for me to go over the lyrics. But when you listen to the song and I'm like, if y'all feel that way about 
cater to you. I know where is the discourse over wouldn't get far. Women are both Now I'm like nervous. Again. Oh my God. of things that no longer will be getting far kardashians are wrapping up and nobody seems to care <laughs> and i don't know if it's because we i don't even think it's that we society don't care about fame anymore because if there is a family that is glamorous it is the kardashians but um i just feel like the finale isn't as hyped as i feel like it could have been like in the height of the kardashians like you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about what Kim is wearing, talking about what Mason is doing. And I don't know if it's because the Kardashians are going to Hulu, even though we don't know what that'll look like. Um, I just thought that was crazy. So they did their final episode last week and then they're having a reunion, but everybody's like, why is there a reunion if they're family? But basically it's a sit down where Andy Cohen, the king of reality TV, asked them different questions throughout the show. And one of the questions that surprised me the most that he asked, well, besides two questions that he asked that were very shocking to me, was asking Kylie about Tyga. He was like, so do you still talk to them? Are y'all still friends? And she was like, we're not friends. We say hi and bye. I thought Andy would talk about what was on everybody's minds when they were first dating was the age gap and how she was young. And so they don't really, he didn't really, she didn't delve into that, but I was surprised he even asked her because it was so long ago. Like she is a kid by somebody else. Um, secondly, he asked Kim about her marriage to Chris Humphreys. And what I will say, what I respected about Kim is that she was like, I really do understand why Chris Humphreys doesn't like me. I get it. Like, I definitely, I got married for the show. I had spent my money that they gave me for the show, my mom's money for the show on that wedding. And I felt like I had to have the best of the best um, at that time. And I broke up with him, like the way I broke up with him was really bad. And I saw him the other day while I was, when when I was pregnant, I saw him and it just, his face looked like he didn't want to talk to me. Um, and I, I <laughs> respect that um, Kim took ownership in that. And she also talked about her marriage to Kanye. And she said she didn't want to delve into why they um, um, got a divorce. But the way she talked about it, she was like, our values just aren't the same. Or she said their current values aren't the same. And she was saying how when they first got married and he was like first courting her, she just cared about things that were different 
and at first you're kind of like, what does she mean by that? But then Andy asked her about the robbery and she was like, that robbery really changed my life. I don't even wear real jewelry anymore. I don't, anything expensive, I don't get sent to my house and I don't have it in my house anymore. And I think Kanye in all of his music has always been boisterous. He's always been flashy. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. I think Kim used to be like that when she first met him. And because mm-hmm. of that robbery, she has just realigned her values. Like now she's all her whole brand is about being a mother. Um, she's just more involved in the family aspect of things. And I think she just doesn't value material things like she used to. She only has material things to like promote a brand or for a look and that's it. And I, I, I think that's personally, I think that's part of the reason why we don't hear too much about the Kardashians fading out. And I think it's because the woman who kind of started it all, she's just not with it anymore. Like we can sit here and say that like Courtney doesn't work or like she's the this and that, but Kim just isn't about that materialistic lifestyle. I think as much anymore. Yeah. I haven't actually seen it. So that's, that was all news to me, but also like, it makes sense. I think Mm -hmm. even watching the show, you, you just notice I think that to me is the reason why Kim over time just slowly became my favorite. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, just cause like Kendall is boring, like extremely and Kylie, like, like Kim's obviously like impact on like body image and social media and all that stuff. There's no denying it. But there's always there will always be an extra kind of like earth place in me when it comes to Kylie, when it comes to like the lip filler thing oh, and yeah. getting and wearing wigs and like the the fact that Kylie is famous for her cultural appropriation. Yeah. And how like something that we were all made fun of for our entire lives mm-hmm. did not become acceptable. Like I literally remember like to this day, black girls, if we wear a green wig or colorful wig, still get shit for. And that photo of Kylie in her green wig followed me around for years. Mm. Like, so I think that for Kylie, I just like, sir, she's sweet. She seems okay. Like, I just will never, she's never going to be anywhere near favorite because the damage she has done with her cultural appropriation feels egregious because she's, she, that's how she got her billion dollars with air quotes, you know? <laughs> and then, Courtney is mean and she's got some mean ass kids. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy? I always like, I was always like, yes, my Aries queen, we love Courtney. But I started to realize I'm like, the reason why Kim and um, Chloe, I'm not saying they don't like her. I think the reason why they say the things they do to Courtney is because Courtney has this air about her where she genuinely thinks she's better than them because she doesn't get plastic surgery because her values are with her kids. And I'm like, but you do understand like how body image and how being materialistic is a part of your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can be the wellness fitness queen for whatever. Like you can push your way to whatever, but like, your brand, like the, I guarantee you, the articles that probably get the most clicks have to do body image on her site. Like I find, I don't know, because I, I feel like, um, 
there's this um, Instagram called Dumois that a lot of that I feel like I didn't even realize it had that many followers, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> people are always saying like how bad her kids are, and when you watch um, the show, you can I just they don't they don't cut it out yeah they don't don't, like cut out clips of like they show like her kids are like really spoiled Mm -hmm. to the point i saw this one clip where like chloe chloe's face yeah queen you just gonna let your kids run up like that and then chloe herself stepped in and to be like say please say thank you and i'm glad they aired that and there was another clip that i just thought was so funny um kim was talking to courtney because there was a situation where kim's nanny was watching all the kids and she said to mason she was mason or rain said something and the nanny was like you're a liar you shouldn't say that which personally for me i don't think that's that bad like she could have called him any other name in the book not yeah and Courtney was like, if that's the type of nanny you want to have, that's fine. But I'm just saying, telling you, she wouldn't be my nanny. And I was like, well, if the boy lied, the boy lied. If the boy lied, then he lied. I, I don't think it's that deep. I feel like, and Kim was right. She was like, my nanny came to me crying, thinking she was going to get fired, which leads me. And Courtney said she should have. And Kim was like, you can't. You, you've never been able to hold a nanny. Which, yeah. Which leads me to believe that I know Courtney probably said something crazy to that nanny to the effect of you're never going to get hired again. Like, yeah. Anyway, more on the Kardashians. Everybody went crazy over Kimberly's Skims car, her carpet car. <laughs> and my thing is this. Y'all, we said all these things about the Kardashians. And I think the through line there is that their brand has everything to do with hysteria. Like people love to talk about the Kardashians, whether it's good or bad, right? Can I would be shocked if Kim actually drove around in that white car anywhere. I think I think genuinely the way I interpreted it until people started getting mad was that in in um, celebration of her line they made all these car covers and they surprised her and they covered her car with that. But it's not actual things she drives. Because when I realized it was like a car cover, not the car, I was like, oh, and I'm pretty sure she has a new line out that's all really fluffy. She's promoting the new line. I just I just feel like that's, that's always been how they market things through people talking about it and through people, through people like getting upset. I don't see how this is any different. Yeah, people were sick about it. On to on people being sick. I'll let you take over in the heights in colorism. I almost like don't want to. In the heights, the thing is, this in the heights situation, it feels like it generally has felt for like a year. Watching, like maybe like the Titanic, where it's like a big beautiful ship that everybody's really excited about, that there's all this love for, and it's just sinking further and further because nobody inside the ship knows what the fuck they're doing i was really excited for the in the heights movie i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna just call spade a spade i was i probably will watch it i haven't watched it yet and i probably will but like i like the i didn't i never saw it i still never saw the play although i'm pretty sure it's on youtube 
but I never saw the play. I listened to the music like crazy. That's how I found out about Lin-Manuel before Hamilton mm-hmm. through In Nights. Um, I think like there was like a school that really wanted to do it nearby mine, but I had graduated before I could even see it. But I've always had love for that show. I know it's an amazing show and I was really excited for it. Um, and then the reviews came in and a lot of my black friends were like, especially my Afro-Latina friends, they were like, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy it. Like it, it, it's hard if you like, imagine being an Afro-Latino person from the Heights and you're watching all these people talking about an experience and they, they, they almost have everything right, except the people in the movie don't look like the people on the street. And that's what people are understanding with these colorism conversations. In the Heights is essentially a biopic about life in Washington Heights and the struggles that are there. The play touched on colorism in the Latino community. Like one of the characters who was Afro-Latino in the play, I don't know, I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen the movie, so I have no idea. And the musical, I have no idea how, how it was kind of adapted. Mm-hmm. But like one of the things that like was an impact on their relationship was the fact that he was darker. And like, and it, and not to say like that was like a heavy plot line. It's just that like, it's another layer to this love story. And so it, it's just like, yeah, why wouldn't you be upset? Somebody made a, a biopic about Ghana and and casted all like i don't know brazilians i'd be like what's going on like i was really excited but my people aren't in it and i don't feel seen and i think people need to stop telling dark-skinned people afro-latinos dark-skinned black people to wait and that their time is coming or it's okay because hollywood really does have a bias against casting darker skinned people as somebody who auditions all the time. It is exhausting when my agents will be like literally amazing tape. Like I literally talked to my agent one time. I was like, you don't, you never give me notes. So is there an issue? Like you never give me notes. And like, what can I do to improve my tapes? And he was like, honestly, great. It's nothing. You have nailed every single tape. You, they're always memorized. They always, you always nail them. And then you hear nothing. And there was one trial audition for where they casted, the girl they casted was light. And then they, I auditioned again for like a recurring part in it. And that character has this whole big old monologue about um, how like, oh, like she was like disrespected for being dark. And this whole thing about like the brown people de- back test and all this stuff. There's this whole little scene. And that was the scene that I was, staying in the audition. And then I went back and looked at the girl that you casted and I'm like, in Fenty shades, she'd be 420 max. So like when, when did Fenty shades 400 or 420 suddenly become the spokesperson for the struggles of a dark skin person? Like, I don't, I want to know when that happened because it's getting it's getting insulting <laughs> you know and that's the same it's the same thing within the heights like and so that was already going to be its thing and then maybe it's because a lot of the actors are new maybe the media training hasn't finished but the way they went about this press junket has been a mess bro this press junket has been a mess y'all need to follow lynn 
apologize and say nothing else. Lin-Manuel does not talk about this in interviews. Even when they ask him, he kind of just, because he made a statement that was honestly decent and then left it because all the, the first mistake was the, there was like a roots interview. And I really felt bad for them because they, a lot of these people are like, this was their big break. And so, yeah, they're coming from a place of like, Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't just casted. Cause I, I'm light, you know, I was casted cause I'm talented. That's what they're thinking. And I'm not taking that away from you, but unconscious bias is real. And you can equally be a victim of it, even if it benefits you. So no one's taking away that y'all are extremely talented, but there is an unconscious bias in casting that you are not responsible for. So don't claim responsibility for it. You know what I mean? Like you're not responsible. You're not the casting directors. That's why it's an industry issue that the industry people need to speak for. The director needs to speak for the actors, I, you know, out of love, try to jump in to save the director because the director from the back, because he had said like, um, oh, we, that's why the dancers, he was like, well, that's, you know, we wanted to represent the height. So, you know, we made sure when we were casting the dancers that they would look like Washington Heights. And the interview lady was like, so we can't be leads, but we can be background dancers. The interviewer, as someone who loves to study interviewers, She's not. <laughs> She's not. I'm going to say that, but continue, Grace. <laughs> and so now everybody's like anxious. He's like mumbling, like so confused, like stuttering, doesn't know what to say because he knows that was not the right answer. So in the cast, you know, they jump in. And one of them, and I was like, damn, girl, because I know this is probably like your first big role. I'm pretty sure she plays the lead girl. She was like, well, I just want to make it clear that like, in the room, we, the audition process was a really long, aggressive audition process. And in the room, there were there were people of all shades and types and sizes. There was Afro-Latino people in that audition. And the best people for the roles were the ones who got casted. So now we can't be leads and now we can't act. I was like, that's how, that's how you fumble a bag. Yeah, yeah. The problem is bigger than you. Yeah. You are new to this industry. Do not take cover for a systemic issue that leads back to West Side Story 1950s where they put all those actors in brown face so they would look more realistic. All the actors in West Side Story were in brown face. So do not take ownership as a brand new actor for an industry issue. You don't have to. That's why Lin-Manuel... Has not, you know what I mean? He's not doing that. That's why I'm like, maybe the media training has not gone through. Or I'm assuming they thought the media training would have to focus solely on Latinx pride. And I think, <laughs> I think, because I'm going to be honest with you, Grace, I feel like it's been made very clear to me that the media training that they did have did not even consider that this would be an issue at all. Because every yeah. person I feel like who I've seen talk about this has been stumped or talked with such a confidence, such a blind confidence. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that the media training they did was very base level. And I think it had everything to do with focusing on Latinx pride. And I don't think there's anything wrong with if that's, if the, if the movie... <laughs> 
had darker skinned people, it would have been fine <laughs> if that's what the focus was. The Afro Latina people who were casted could have probably like talked so much about how great representation this was. They could have talked about like what Grace said about how they um discussed maybe not a lot about colorism in the actual film slash play. That could have been perfect. But I just <laughs> I hate I hate that that's the narrative that took over a movie that really could have been great. <laughs> and from what I've heard, and I will watch the movie because from what I heard, it's great. People love it. Yeah. I, and I, and I, as someone who only knows the music, I'm like, I love the music of In the Heights. I know everybody has all their feelings about Lin-Manuel and he's very much becoming like a Matthew Morrison where it's like everybody kind of loves to hate him in the Broadway community. But I think he makes really great music. Yeah. And he writes really great musicals. And I that's how I feel about In the Heights. I was so excited. I was so excited. And every Black person I know who likes musicals was really fucking excited about In the Heights. Yeah. And so, like, to see it to see it get eaten up like this, but then to see them put their foot, like it was, it was that Roots interview. And then the legendary Rita Moreno went on late night and, you know, late night television and talked about the, the whole thing. And the thing about Rita is like, she's about to be 90 in December. That's an iconic, that's an iconic figure in Hollywood, especially for the representation. But let's go back to that whole about to be 90 in December. I need every all of y'all to sit down and have a conversation with your grandma and tell me how long it takes for her to start being problematic. That was the that was the energy that this interview gave. A well-meaning grandmother burnt like what was already ashes burning them all over again because she was trying to be well-meaning. She loves Lynn Manuel. He co-produced a documentary. That's like her bestie. She was trying to defend him. She was, she was even in the interview, she was given a PR answer and was still like, she basically brought it up. She was like, can we talk about living well? <laughs> and then she was just like, she was basically like, everybody needs to leave it alone and stop complaining. And she was just like, just wait, can't you all just wait a while? And it's like, you of all people know how long black people, black people, and especially Afro-Latino, because if black people have it rough, I will never forget one time, I think it was the Emmys and Gina Torres and this other dude who he, he, he was also in Breaking Bad. I, for the life of me, I can't remember his name, but they were both nominated for Emmys that year, either an Emmy or an Oscar. <laughs> and this other, um, lat, la, Latino actor, he like tweeted, he was like, everybody was talking about Oscar so white, but are we, are, we're not going to talk about how, um, the Latino community is constantly being ignored by the like, these academies. And then people are like, four different Afro-Latino actors are nominated this year. So, <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. Like, my dude. Like, my dude. It's like, <laughs> let me stop. I'm it's like, nominated and did damn well in their roles. Her name is Gina Torres. Like, what do you want from her? <laughs> like, what more else do you want from her? And that, and like, that's like that, that and that is why Afro-Latino people be fighting because y'all do not acknowledge them. 
you don't. And then they have to deal with their grandmothers, their their lighter skinned grandmothers, telling them they shouldn't marry somebody too dark because they need to uh, like to fix the race. Like the colorism, when I say colorism is a universal concept, there is colorism is not un, just ta- attached to blackness. It is mm-hmm. attached to darkness. There is colorism in India. There's colorism in Korea. There's colorism in France in wherever the darker you are within your community, the worse you get treated. Mm-hmm. Afro Latinos have every right to be like, why are we not represented in this cast at all in any of the speaking roles? And then I saw a clip where somebody, one of the characters were like, cause again, I've never heard the script. I've only ever heard the score. One of the characters were like, we came from slave ships. And I'm like, I saw that. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, did you? Because Latino is not a race, and that's what people need under it's an ethnicity. And you know what? And you know what? <laughs> well, it's not race. That's the reason why Brazil, Brazil has the highest population of Black people in the world. You know, you know who has the second highest? Nigeria. <laughs> Brazil has more black people in that one country than every African country has has black people. So what's not clicking for y'all? What is not clicking for y'all? When y'all really try to pretend like Afro, like Afro-Latino people don't exist. Mm-hmm. It's getting ridiculous. You go to Cuba, the people are darker than me. We got black Cubans darker than me. You sure, like, like, you sure, guys? Like, it's, it's like, it's so, it's so frustrating. And I can't even imagine how frustrating it is for them because they're treated like they don't exist in their community. They go home and they speak only Spanish and they're treated like they don't exist. And it's like, y'all, that's not, y'all, like, come on. Will I watch In the Heights? Probably. I'm sorry. I'm feeling like that score. And I really want to know what the rest of the show is about. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Um, musicals, if you only know a musical from the score, it it's hard to fill in the pieces sometimes. But the criticisms are valid. And anybody calling this a woke police situation or just being like, you know, they picked who's best for the role. I need you to go to Netflix and find me an American-based show that has a black person darker than a paper bag. Okay. And I said American based because Blood in the Water is not ours. So y'all need to stop claiming that show. It's not ours. We didn't do it. Anywho, enough of that. That's on that with In the Heights. I'll leave y'all with this. My mom tried to watch In the Heights and she stopped watching it because it was too much singing for her. Mom, it's a musical. Are you sure? This. <laughs> We're sit this week. We're sending y'all some extra good vibes, um, and we hope that y'all have a great Juneteenth. Or this, I hope y'all's Juneteenth was great. Grace and I definitely are gonna have one. Um, yeah, and um, I hope all of my black folks go to freedom. <laughs> not to freedom don't forget to review and rate and leave us comments and tell your friends to listen to us 
Yes. If you leave a five-star review, you might get picked on this week's next week's shout out. Or honestly, whenever we come back, because me and Brie are drowning in work because we decided to be that person. Um, here's how you can keep it cute. Brie is going to include a link on research of what's happening in Tigray. Yes, there's so people going through so much over there. So do what you can. I know sometimes um, Zoo is having protests in different places. I think the next one is in Denver. So please do what you can to help repost. And remember that when we say Black Lives Matter, we mean all Black lives. So just putting that out there. Make sure you go follow us at Keeping a Cute Duo on Twitter and Instagram. Personally, you can follow us where, Grace? Um, you can find me or underscore underscore Gracie Girl Seven on IG at Gracie's L U V on Twitter and Grace's Space on YouTube. Period. And you can find me on Instagram at br three o n n a. You can find me on Twitter at br three o n n a underscore. Remember to keep it cute and check on your local black girl. Okay. Bye, everybody. I have fun. Stay blessed.